Jesus has been laying out a series of different kingdom parables. The kingdom is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like this. And when we take them all together, we get a broader picture of what this kingdom really is. We can't just take one. We need all of them. But we have this interesting uh, set of parables here where we have this parable about a treasure and a parable about a pearl. And it seems like it's the same parable. Like substitute pearl for treasure, what's the difference? Why did, why did Jesus say this, this other one? Uh, is he just getting redundant? Well, let's, let's look closely. So th- this, this treasure, imagine this, you're, you're walking across a field and you find a treasure. <laughs> you find a treasure. This isn't actually all that uncommon. Even today you hear stories of somebody, you know, like we were remodeling the kitchen and we found somebody like had stashed their mom's you know, precious jewelry in the wall or something. Uh, I remember when my, my grandfather was uh, t- took ill uh, almost 20 years ago. He calls his, his wife over. He says, um, have one of the boys going on the crawl space downstairs uh, and find, find something. And there's like $10,000 that he had like stashed away there. Now, if you don't trust the banks or if you don't have banks, then that might be the safest place to hide something. It's the crawl space or in the walls or in the, in the field in the, in the back. And so imagine the, the person who comes across this, this treasure that was left, that was lost. How many, how many people have walked across it unknowing of the, the gift that is just below? But this interesting twist here, why does the man sell everything he has to buy the field. Can't he just dig up the treasure and go home? Well, I think in our understanding of, of this, this parable, the kingdom of heaven is like this treasure that I can only appreciate if I sell everything else. I can't hold on to both worlds. I need to get rid of something. I need to lay something aside in order to fully appreciate this treasure. I think Solomon can help us understand this a little bit because Solomon has this tragic story. Solomon has uh, been bequeathed the kingdom by his, his father David. He's ruling, he's doing well, the kingdom is at peace. The Lord comes to him and says, what do you want? Anything you want and I'll give it to you. Now I think Solomon made two mistakes. The second mistake is this, that he received this great gift of wisdom without letting go of anything else. He received the treasure, but he didn't sell all else that he held dear. And this was his undoing. He continued to hold on to his, his many wives and his, his great wealth and his great prestige along with his wisdom, which only allowed for him to write later in his life, all is vanities. The whole of life is a mere chasing of the wind. Because he tried to to have both. And whenever we try to have both, whenever we try to live everything that the Lord has in store for us, this great treasure, the the great gifts of of our, our faith, and try to live the way that the world tells us to live at the same time, it never goes well. Because we'll never fully appreciate the, the, the gifts of the world and we won't dive deep enough into the gifts of the Lord to fully appreciate either. But I think the, the greater mistake that Solomon made was the first mistake. I don't think he asked for enough. 
The Lord came to him and asked Solomon, ask for anything you want. And he asked for wisdom. He asked for the, the gift to be able to govern well his people. That's okay. That's good. We should all ask for wisdom. We want to be able to, we want to be wise. We want to have understanding. We want to, we want to act well in our position. But that's so little. St. Augustine once said that we oftentimes, we oft, oftentimes fail to ask for as much as the Lord wants to give. And so we ask for a little, he'll just give us a little. But if we ask for a lot, he'll give us more than we could possibly imagine. What should Solomon have asked for? Well, uh, you know, 1,300 years later, 2,300 years later, the Lord appeared to a man named Thomas Aquinas. And he asked him a very similar question. He said, Thomas, you've written well of me. Ask for whatever you'd like. And St. Thomas said, only more of you, Lord. Yes, that's the answer. That's the answer. Give me more of you. There is nothing else that surpasses that. That's the treasure. That's the greatest treasure. That's the treasure that's lying hidden under the field that we're all walking over and not noticing. And it's so vast. It's so deep. It's so great. And we have to sell everything in order to appreciate it. I think we sometimes get lost when, you know, in our, in our church theology, catechesis, all this stuff. We, we start to we start to uh, dumb down and forget the real gift of like the sacraments, for instance, or heaven itself. It, it's interesting, you can ask somebody like, do you want to go to heaven? And do you want to be with Jesus? And actually the question is the exact same question. If I wanna go to heaven, I'm saying I wanna be with Jesus but we've, we've, we've detached Jesus in heaven as if heaven is some arbitrary reward for good behavior in this exile of the world. But it's actually the consummation of a relationship that I've been living and tapping into and uncovering this treasure for as many years as I've had to do it. So when it can seem like unfair that somebody who hasn't been living in relationship with Jesus can't go to heaven, say, well, why would they want to go to heaven? That's what heaven is. It's more relationship with Jesus. We do it with the sacraments too. We've kind of, we've kind of turned the sacraments into ceremonies and rites of passage and coming of age and these sorts of things when they're not. They're encounters with Jesus. The beginning of the baptism rite, the priest asks the, 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 the parents, what do you ask of God's church? I mean, we're, we're being asked the same question. What do you want? Um, I want a white garment and a candle. No, I want more of you, Lord. I want more of you for my son, for my daughter. I want you to infuse all your, the treasure of your love into their heart. That's what we're asking for. When we come for, for confirmation, if somebody comes for confirmation and they haven't been living the, the treasure that they have and they say, I want confirmation. Well, what are you asking for? Do you want more 
of Jesus? Or do you want a ceremony? In a, in a little while, we'll have the opportunity to come forward for Holy Communion. And again, this, this is it. The Lord is saying, what can I give you? What do you want? What are you seeking? And there's only one answer that suffices. suffices. More of you, Lord. All of you, Lord. And he does. In the Blessed Sacrament, we receive everything that he has to offer. But if we don't experience as a, as a, as a treasure, the treasure that it is, it's often times because we haven't sold everything else. We can only appreciate the treasure if we've sold everything else. Why? Well, let's take another look at the second parable. Notice how the first parable starts. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. Second parable, it doesn't say the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl. It says the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. Who's the merchant? I think Jesus is the merchant. I think Jesus is the merchant who is searching for these fine pearls and he found them and he laid aside everything He set aside his own divinity. He came down to take possession of his pearl. And that pearl is you. The Lord loved you so much that he laid aside everything. He sold everything else for you. And he's our treasure and the only, the only way we can receive a treasure that if he did that for us, we have to do that for him. We have to sell everything. And so wherever we are, that's, that's the call. We have the treasure, it's right here. The Lord is asking us, what do you want? And it really comes down to those two things. Do I want enough and am I willing to give up anything? So as we, as we enter into these sacred mysteries, let's, let's just lay on, our, on the altar whatever, whatever things are piling up on our heart that are, that are keeping us back, that are holding us back from really experiencing the treasure all that the Lord has for us. So much of us, we, we, just, we just dabble. We dabble in, in the treasure because we're holding on to this, this stuff which is not nearly as great. Nobody ever gave anything up for the Lord and was, was disappointed. So whatever is on your heart right now, maybe there's something just weighing you down in a particular way. Maybe it's, maybe it's something you've been thinking about it for a long time. You're like, I just need to, I just need to let go of that. Maybe it's, maybe it's a grudge. Maybe it's a possession. Maybe it's a prestige. Maybe it's something that people think about you. Whatever, whatever it is. I'm just asking for the grace that the Lord would put that on our hearts so that we can lay that on the altar. 
And when we lay that on the altar, we unite it with the gift of bread and wine that's transformed, it's all transformed. It's all transformed into that treasure. That's Jesus himself. And so as we approach the altar today, hear the Lord say that to you. Hear the Lord ask you, what do you want? What can I give you? And let's ask for the grace to respond with the only response that's worth responding with. Only more of you, Lord. Only more of you.